Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of America's Great Loop Cruisers Association, and I'm thrilled today to be bringing back our How We Found Our Great Loop Boat series. And next up for this series are Brenda King and Wally Byers, and they're going to tell us about their boat and how they found it. Before I bring them into the conversation, I want to take just a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes and Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners and viewers to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with the business out of the way, Wally and Brenda, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Kim. Thanks, thanks. for having us. Yeah, this is this is kind of a split session. I'm in Savannah today, and the two of you are in beautiful Marathon, so it looks delightfully sunny and breezy there. It's pretty lovely. Yes. How long are you planning to stay in Marathon? We, well, we rent, we actually rented a house down here for a couple of weeks because we've been traveling in our RV for the winter. And this was a little time out from the RV and we have friends who have joined us down here. So this is our last week. Well, fun. Enjoy the last week. Hopefully the weather will stay wonderful for you. Um, let's start by giving us a little bit of your, your boating background and how you kind of got to this point where you were looking for and have bought your boat for the Great Loop. Great. Me? Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's a long story because we've been boaters in the Pacific Northwest for, gosh, over 20 years now, right? Maybe 20 plus. Yeah, 20 plus. We've kind of covered the Columbia River to the Puget Sound all the way up to Alaska. We've had, what, one, two, three. This is our fourth boat? Fourth boat. Fourth boat. Um, so we had a little background of what we might want in a boat. But we have had a dream of doing the loop for years. I mean, before we stopped working, before we retired. We have the AGL map on the wall and then, you know, we used to just dream about it and follow the website. And honestly, Kim, we probably should have just joined as lifetime members then because it's taken <laughs> us what, like oh. 10 or 15 years to get to the spot. Mm -hmm. But you're here and you're ready. Oh yeah. No, we're totally ready. We've kind of, um, we retired about five years ago. We sold our house in Portland, Oregon, and we really thought that we would split our time at our house in Arizona and then be on our boat in the summer. That seemed like the perfect thing to do. In the San Juan. Both the, the San Juans. Yeah, in the San Juans with the loop in the background. Um, that we were going to do that at some point. And then we bought an RV and we started traveling in the U.S. Never went to our home in Arizona. So we recently sold that. And now fast forward, we're, we're just, last the last couple of years because of COVID, you know, really kind of made us realize that this dream is a dream we need to put into action so yes. yeah here we are fast forwarded in florida mm -hmm. boat shopping yeah and um so you have found the boat and we won't keep people in suspense about what that is but tell us uh, when at this point are you planning to start the loop that's a good question i know we will get back to the boat after we finish off our current road trip in the coach we'll get back in november pull the boat out off of uh, hard storage. Um, and then we'll start learning the boat. So we'll take a month or two to learn the boat. There is a chance we would start it in the springtime, this in 2023. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also a chance we might just go with friends to the Bahamas and hang out and start it the next year. 
Yeah. We're it's all up in the air. Yeah. So what made you decide to buy the boat now, knowing it's in, in storage <laughs> on the hard and you're probably not going to loop for another year or possibly more than that? Well, we got a little ahead of ourselves. We came to Florida. <laughs> yeah, I guess we got a lot ahead of ourselves, right? Yeah. We came to Florida thinking we're still a couple of years out from the loop. This is part of our RV adventure. And then while we were here, we're like, well, the rendezvous is here. Let's go to the rendezvous. That got us really excited, of mm-hmm. course. And then while we were here also, I started reaching out on social media to different people that I knew had boats that we were interested in. Just to say, hey, you know, are you in Fort Myers or are you in the area? You know, we'd love to meet you and talk about boating. And, you know, if you've done the Great Loop, that's great. And then so we got on like two or three or four boats that way. They weren't for sale. It was just Mm -hmm. kind of a meet and greet. And then we made the mistake of hooking up with an awesome broker. Mm -hmm. And then one thing led to another. We looked at five boats and boom, we put an offer on one. And the rest is history, I guess. (laughs) So let's end the suspense. What kind of boat did you buy for the Loop? We bought a, a 53-foot Carver Voyager, uh, 1998. It ticked off most of the boxes on our must-have list, uh, on the safety side, on the creature comforts, um, being able to have friends on board, all those things. Not everything in the end, but with, with, uh, with our broker's help, it was a great thing. Really, yeah. really great experience. And all boats are a compromise. So the fact that you didn't get every single one of the boxes checked is really not surprising. Um, but of course you brought that previous boating experience in the Pacific Northwest into the search with you. So I'm sure that kind of helped a little bit to at least narrow it down. And you did have your, your safety must haves and you had your, your kind of comfort must haves that, um, is a great list. But before we share that list, what led you, what prompted you to make that list? Was it the previous boating experience? Was it a suggestion from your broker, you know, what made you sit down and say, here's our list and here's what we must have. Here's what's funny. We, like I said, we boated, we actually done some sailing for years and we were in mm-hmm. California for a few years. We boated with different sizes of boats and, you know, it just came from the things that we'd become comfortable with things we learned where, you know, if there's every now and then you need to run down and check your, check your engine room, mm-hmm. whether you have cameras or not, you want to go in and take a look. So you need easy access. Twin engines, we wrapped, we wrapped lines around our um, crab pot lines around our props before. You have the other engine and a, and a stern thruster or, or a bow thruster, you can safely get to a place where you can drop your anchor. But yeah. I think that- your, your question about what made us write the list, we knew that the we knew that the loop was going to be different boating for us. You know, in the past we were more weekend warriors when we worked. And then we did have about, well, I guess we had about four or five seasons on our boat part-time in the summer mm-hmm. between the time we retired and now, which really helped us. But yeah, we just kind of decided if we were really going to buy another boat, we both needed to agree on it. And so we just started kind of keeping a list and looking at different boats on Yacht World and saying, you know, what do you think about this design or that design? And that's kind of where we got with the list. Yeah. One of the things I really liked about your list in particular is really you started with the safety features that were important to you. And I like that you kind of um, differentiated that from the more creature comfort types of features. So um, tell us what were the safety features that you felt were key for your boat? I I kind of touched on it for a minute. Um, Really important was twin engines. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Big one for us. Um, we also wanted a swim cockpit. We have a dog on board. Mm-hmm. So access for him and easy access for us on the docks. No ladders. No ladders. I don't like ladders. And what else? We have. Well, and the, uh, you know what? We're, we're both 60, 60 and 62. And we just knew, you know, that as time ages, that it would be better not to have ladders. We wanted molded stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, we also knew we wanted walk-arounds because, you know, watching all the great info on the loop, we knew that we were going to be locking. And on our other boat, we didn't have big walk-arounds, but we knew that would be important. Um, mm-hmm. I think the other thing was, you know, like a forward hatch for evacuation things. Easy yeah, easy escape. And then, you know, like a simple way to launch the dinghy in an emergency. Like, we weren't really sure if we wanted a boat that had a lift crane versus the boat on, you know, the uh, dinghy on the back. Mm-hmm. So it's things like that, that we just thought, you know, after you've boated a little while, you kind of think about those things differently because we have had situations where we, our boat was stranded or we needed to get off quickly or, you know, we couldn't, we could never get our dog up ladders. So it's things like that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, an, a very nice approach that those were safety items to you because for a lot of people, the dinghy um, or how they're going to get off the boat is less of a safety issue and more of a convenience issue. Um, you know, they think that maybe they're not going to use the dinghy a lot, so it's okay if they can't launch it quickly, things like that. Um, so it's, it's, you know, your approach that that's a safety feature to you is, is really um, indicative of your experience and the fact that you want to make sure that you're safe and, and it's a personal comfort level that comes with that peace of mind. Um, one of the other things I did see on your safety list was a lower helm. So um, do you have both a flybridge and a lower helm? Yes, we do. We have a pilot house and a flybridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the pilot house, there's an access door so we can get out for locking purposes, for docking, you know, in tight, tight quarters. It, it's pretty helpful. Plus, I actually have a back down um, controls in the cockpit. So having that, I can be in lots of different situations. I can back the boat down and tie off at the same time. Mm-hmm. So this was your safety list. Um, you did kind of mention the quick and easy way to launch the dinghy in an, an emergency. Um, so you got all of the features on your safety list. Um, uh, almost, almost. Uh, okay. Tell Tell us what maybe you didn't quite get what you hope to have on the yeah. safety list. We um, up. Right now, it has a lift up on top a and lift crane, for the, lift yeah. crane okay. and then that's where the dinghy would be up top. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have a davit yeah. system up the back or like a freedom lift or you know a, an easier way to launch an inflatable. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking into those things right now. If you start to look at, you didn't get it, so do you upgrade it? And is it the first important upgrade or does it wait for something else? And right now we have two kayaks, so if we have to throw them off the bed. <laughs> Well, and that's, um, that's actually what we use for our, our dinghy. So, I mean, that is a viable alternative, you know, it's, it's a possible solution. If you don't have a pet to get to shore, you have your dog. So that, that makes that a little bit challenging. Um, but no, it's a great point that the, the dinghy lift system is something that can be changed a heck of a lot easier than if you found something that was just a single engine or something along that line. Um, so priorities become important. Um, so you did get all, all of that, except for perhaps the, um, the dinghy system. So that, that, that's right. pretty good checking off all those boxes. I want to talk a little bit as well as some of the other required features, but let's take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors. And then we'll come back and go through kind of the rest of that must have list for you. So we'll be back. Right. in a moment. 
At Twin Rivers Marine Insurance, our customers' personal insurance needs are first and foremost. I'm Gary Clausen. Our goal here at Twin Rivers Marine Insurance is to instill a sense of reliability, trust, and confidence in our clients. As marine insurance specialists, we have the ability to shop the market and offer the most comprehensive policy for the most competitive price. Our customer service and attention to detail is second to none. Visit us at BoatInsuranceOnly.com. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guests today are Brenda and Wally, and they are telling us about how they found their Great Loop boat. And uh, remind us again what the boat is. I'll let you say it because it's so exciting. <laughs> it's a it's a 53 Carver Voyager. Um, a little bigger than we had expected in the first place, but a, but a great boat. But still within, uh, it looks like within your range. Because uh, Kind of give us the rest of that required features list and, and then we can kind of figure out where perhaps this particular boat, the 53 Carver Voyager fit or didn't fit. And again, you know, keeping in mind that every great loop boat has some compromises. Absolutely. It's all about compromise, right? But yeah, so our kind of, we talked about safety features earlier. Some of our required, like we weren't really going to give too much on was the size. We knew we wanted, our last boat was about 40, 41. 41. Um, and it was super comfortable. It would have been a great loop boat. We just didn't want to transport it. Uh, but we knew we wanted something a little bit bigger. You know, we thought maybe 45. We didn't want to go over 55. So we settled for 53. So that's not bad. Um, we really like the one level living. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many trade-offs. But we wanted kind of one level walking from the cockpit through the cabin. We want a lot of natural light. Um, we wanted a lot of rooms. Yeah. Two staterooms, two heads. We knew we wanted a lot of outdoor space because I mean, half the joy of boating is being outside. Right. Mm -hmm. So we really wanted like a fly bridge that had some seating or maybe a cockpit that had big seating. Uh, what else? Wally? we wanted a generator and AC because we knew we'd be in different climates than we're used to. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a must have. Uh, what else? Kind of a large, well, eight large by boat standards galley because I love to cook. Um, I love to have friends on board, family. So we knew that was going to be in our future. And then what else? Oh, we wanted a dining table. So dining once table. we cooked, we had somewhere to set, whether it was on the fly bridge or in the cockpit, room for mm -hmm. that. You know, what else? A boat, I guess a boat that we could both feel like we could confidently learn and handle and dock. Because we both shared that on our last couple of boats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think and, that was kind of our required list. Oh, the it, other big one was easy access to the engine room. Because mm -hmm. this one's 6'2". And we didn't want a boat that we had to pull up a, a, like a hatch in the main salon and go down into the engine room. Mm -hmm. So the boat ticked that for us. Where is the engine room access in the Carver Voyager? The engine room access is in the cockpit. So okay. it's, it's right in front of the entry door. It pops up. It has um, struts drop down in. I've got plenty of room to, I can't stand up in it, mm -hmm. but I have a comfortable place to sit to access all the way around the engines. That's a huge deal to me. I, I need to have, see what's going on with the engines at all times, mm -hmm. be able to maintenance easily and not have to crawl around things or, or uh, on my back underneath something. Yeah, that makes life a lot easier. Um, and, and so a lot of those requirement features for you, um, since you had already separated the safety out, a lot of them are kind of um, 
lifestyle choices and, and a lot surrounds entertaining. Um, and it sounds like that's really yes. something you enjoy doing and plan to continue yes. that on the boat. So, you know, the, the large galley, the dining table, the outdoor space, was that all geared towards having guests come aboard the boat? Absolutely. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we have friends who are already making reservations for slots along the loop. <laughs> so. Smart friends. Yeah. It's like the Bahamas is taken. Yeah, they exactly. are. Yep, I, I'm, I think I'm, everybody wants to come into New York. Yep. I'm sh- that would be a very popular spot too. So you may have multiple friends aboard during those <laughs> times, but, um, so beyond that, then you also separated out your kind of the things that you would like to have. Um, you know, one of those was the mm-hmm. master and the guest stateroom in the bow. Is that how your boat is configured? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> An enthusiastic. Yes. Um, and yeah. how, how about that? That master, is it a King bed, which I know was something that you were hoping for? Not nah. it's, it's a queen size and I've <laughs> already looked at it. Could we make it a King? And it would be, it would be a little more difficult than I would want to take on, but I'll keep checking it out. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what might become possible. Um, right. how about, yeah. How about just move the edge? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so tell us about, you know, some of the other things are kind of how the boat is equipped from electronics to the engine. So tell us about some of the other things that you were on your things you'd like to have and whether or not the Carver right. 53 Voyager accommodates those. Yeah, the electronics are are good. Mm-hmm. They're um, fairly updated. There's some little details that have to be dealt with, like the the autopilot was working when we first saw it, and it wasn't working when we saw it later. I think those are little things to deal with. But we were really hoping yeah. to get like we've had electronic controls on our last boat, and we got so yeah. used to them. That was a huge thing. That was a huge like, gosh, if we get that, that's bonus points. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, a bow and a string thruster always bonus points. What else and did you get there? those? Oh. Did you get the bow or does it have thrusters and does it have the electronic it has, controls? It has a bow thruster. Mm-hmm. It has good electronics, not the latest updated, but it's it's in fine shape. And so many of us go with uh, Navionics or something on, on our um, iPads anyway. Right. Um, yeah, we were really hoping for an autopilot, which we got that. We got. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, this Carver series, a lot of that was standard equipment. So that was another reason that boat was so interesting to us, because it did kind of tick a lot of our boxes. Yeah. But um, I mean, the other thing, too, is we were, we were looking at it, the engines, like what model is going to be the most easy to get parts for and find mechanics along the route. Mm-hmm. And which ones are considered, you know, rock solid. The engines we've got are the mm-hmm. exact ones. I would have wanted to get in the first place. Right. Remind yeah. me, I think well, you told us, um, uh, remind us what year is the boat? And is that kind of the, the age range you were looking for when you started searching? That's a good question. We, I, we kind of hoped for the year that started in two or, mm-hmm. or newer, but we, we ended up, you know, it's one of those subtle things. We ended up selling for a 98. So now, you know, she's 24 years old and she needs a few updates, but it, that was one of the things we're willing to kind of give a little on. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the other things you kind of had on your list that um, ended up being something that you decided to go without was a washer and dryer. So, uh, you know, tell us how high up was that on the list and how big of a, a, a pain point is it for you that you don't have that? It wasn't huge. I mean, it was one of those, gosh, that'd be great if it did because our RV has it. It's so easy. 
our other boat didn't have it. So yeah, I was used to doing laundry and going to marinas. It's not a big deal. This boat has a hookup for it. So, you know, we may end up putting it in anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Just that like, it has the hookup for it. So that's something that can, can certainly yeah. be added. So your list of trade-offs, the things that you didn't check the boxes is pretty short. It sounds like, um, it's, she's a little older than you had originally <laughs> wanted. You may yep. make some adjustments to the dinghy system and yep. you may add a washer and dryer, but that sounds like that's about it. Is that accurate? Yeah. Those, those are the big ones. Yeah. You want to hear are- one of the funniest trade-offs, Kim, that's really not on that list. Sure. So one of the funniest trade-offs was when we started thinking about buying a loot boat, our thing was, we're just going to buy a boat that someone has already done the loop in and has done all the upgrades on, and then we'll just get on board and go. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound dreamy? It does sound dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? We didn't do that at all. Yep. But that's okay. Um, because you found one that really does tick just about every box and the ones that it didn't with the exception of the, the year of the boat can't do much right. about that. Um, but the other two are, uh, particularly since the boat already has the hookups for the washer and dryer, it's, it sounds like pretty easy fixes to me on the other two. So, yes. um, so, you know, it sounds like you were very fortunate to find this one in this really tough market that, that had almost everything on your list. So tell us, um, how did you go about finding the boat? Well, research and more research <laughs> and then some more research by her. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah, Brandon, I mean, you we, described we, yourself in, in our pre-interview as a research nut, I think was the phrase that you a little used. Bit, yeah. yeah so tell us, yeah. So tell us about how did you do your research on what boat you were looking for? I mean, honestly, before we sold our last boat, I was looking at loop boats. And so, you know, I just, what it, it's funny, I'd want, I would go on Yacht World and I would just start looking first in a price range, just put a price range in and see what would pop up. Any kind of boat didn't matter. And then I just, honestly, there were nights where I'd sit there with a glass of wine and pour over boat listings. I mean, it sounds <laughs> nerdy, but, and then if I'd see something interesting, you know, here she'd I am. Yell, she'd yell it out to me like, what and do you I think would about, start looking at it. Yeah, what do you mm-hmm. think about this one? And so I'd be texting, we'd be sitting in the same room and I'm texting him. You look at this boat. Mm-hmm. So we did that <laughs> off and on for like two years, mm-hmm. you know, thinking, you know, let's just narrow the search down. And actually that really helped. But then when we get getting on the boats and going to LGCA rendezvous and mm-hmm. really being able to get on boats mm-hmm. and meet with people that have boats, maybe that we're interested in that really helped us narrow our search down. Yeah. And you did use a broker um, that you already mentioned you were very happy with. So go ahead and, and tell us about that process when in the research process or in the getting aboard boats process did you actually engage your broker and you know tell us about how that all worked yeah so i had i joined a couple of facebook sites mm-hmm. uh of course agl has a facebook site mm-hmm. aglca and then um like carver and voyager and our carver and navigator and yep, meridian yep. any brand i was interested in i started joining their facebook sites and at one point, I think it was on the LGCA Facebook site, mm-hmm. uh, I had posted something about, you know, we're looking at this, these three models of boat, is anybody, you know, in the Fort Myer area? And I got, I think, a response from one of the AGL sponsors, who's a captain. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned, you know, well, there's this broker in this area, maybe you should look him up because he's really familiar with that a couple of those boats that you're interested mm-hmm. in. So I did that. And then that's kind of how we met Dave Warning, who 
is also an AGLC sponsor. Yes, he is. And we're appreciative of that. Braden, yeah, Bradenton, I think. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Yes. So that's kind of how we went down the broker path. And then, you know, we just kind of talked on the phone and felt like a good fit for us. Yeah. And Dave, Dave was shocked when <laughs> he got our list of, you know, wants, don't want. Here's, you know, the he got the list that we talked about earlier. He was just like, wow. I don't get this list very often. Yeah, no, he you said, probably made it very easy for him. <laughs> it, it did. I think it made it easier for all of us because honestly, the first time we went out with him to look at boats was the only time we went out with him to look at boats. And we looked at five. One of them, he really didn't even want to show us because he's like, I don't think you're going to like this boat based mm-hmm. on your list. And I said, come on, I really want to see it. It's, it's, they're really neat boats. He's like, I'm like, he's like, well, it is my listing. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> turns out he was right. We didn't like the boat. It just Mm -hmm. didn't work for us. We didn't like the layout and just wasn't the right boat. Right. But I think having that in our minds before we got to the broker part, we didn't engage. I guess what I'm saying is we didn't engage with a broker until we really felt like we knew what we wanted. Yeah. Well, and, and, um, you know, it's, it speaks highly of him too, that he was not just trying to sell you the boat that he had the listing for. (laughs) So I always like to hear that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's great. And I'm glad that you had a good experience in the whole boat shopping phase. So you boarded five boats, you said total. And one of them, I assume was the boat you, that you then put in an offer and purchased. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, the, it was, was it the first, boat it, it was actually the first boat. Cause it was spot on everything with, he know, he led us right to that boat. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, it was such a good experience because he understood what we wanted and was just a dream to work with. Yeah. Wonderful. Like I said, love to hear that. Um, You know, and it's funny because we were, you know, we kind of almost felt like we were shopping a little bit at that point. And I told him, I'm not sure I want to waste your time looking at boats because I'm not really sure we're ready. Mm -hmm. I think I still feel like we're a little ways out from doing the loop. And I just want you to know that before we really look at boats and, he was very gracious. He's like, let's just go look at some boats. Yeah. So we did. And then of course we found the one we liked. And, <laughs> of course. And then in this market, we just knew that we should jump on it because, you know, we kind of talked about, well, what if we find something, what are we going to do? We have plans for the next eight months. It was, and he was just like, if you do like it, make an offer. Yeah. So she is, uh, where is the boat right now? I know you Harpen said it was Springs. Harpen Springs and it's on the hard at this point, or is it moving to the hard? Well, we're the, so I'll, I'll mention one of the biggest things for me personally with a boat, when you buy it is I, I want to baseline it, the engines, mm-hmm. the mechanical system. So we had some things that had to be done on mm-hmm. the bottom side. And then with the engines, there was some little tiny things that didn't weren't affecting performance. And we just, we had it baseline, you know, that's new fluids, filters, um, impellers, belts, you know, adjustments of, of the, uh, the lash on the valves. We just have it gone through so that we know it's going to be rock solid for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it's still in Tarpon Springs. Then the can't, we got, we just, I think we have this like karma luck streak right now. I hope it holds <laughs> because we, we were able to actually find, yeah, knock on wood if we can find some, we were actually able to find a mechanic that was highly recommended up in that area that had this short window of time to do these things we needed to do. So 
It's supposed to be done and launched and back in the water on the 25th. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go back to Tarpon Springs, um, get all of our boat stuff loaded. We had it shipped from Washington. So that's a couple day project. And then we actually hired a, cap- a captain couple who also have done the Great Loop and are, I think they're LGCA sponsors were in the um, association Mm -hmm. and they're going to help us move the boat from Tarpon Springs um, up the uh, river to a dry storage facility where we're going to just put it on the hard while we're gone. Yeah. So two, two um, fairly brief questions. The first one is you obviously had a lot of boating experience um, and a lot of ownership in the past. Mm Did you have any issues or any uh, questions or trouble getting insurance? Because that is one of the big obstacles for loopers buying a boat right now. Yeah, that's a great question. And yes, believe it or not. And it wasn't so much our boating experience. It was the fact that we wanted to leave this boat in Florida and that we were going to be absentee owners for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still, honestly, I had to go with one insurance that was, company was quite a bit more expensive, but they would write the policy for us immediately mm-hmm. immediately, as opposed to another one that I want to go with, but we have to get some things done and work, you know, get it. We're getting a few things done and get that information back to them before they're willing to insure it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was a little worried about that. Yeah. Some of what we're hearing is that they're really looking for previous ownership and they're looking for it to have been um, within 10 feet of the boat length that you're looking to buy. Um, and it, you yes. went a little bit above that. So I was curious if that had become an issue for you, but it sounds like it did not. Um, and then the other quick question is what did you name her? Ah, good, good, good question. Escapade. Escapade. Yeah. And so we're that- off on our next escapade. Well, we also like the word escapade because it means kind of doing something adventurous that's out of convention. That's the loop, right? The loop is not conventional at all. Absolutely. That's perfect. The the daring adventure. I love it. We are going to have to leave it there for today. Wally and Brenda, thank you so much for sharing these details. It's really been a fun chat, and I'm sure you've inspired some others to be making some of those lists of features and and bringing them to a broker to start looking for their boats. So thanks for sharing all of those details. You're welcome. Thank you, Kim, and thanks for everything you do for us. Oh, it is my pleasure. Safe travels on the rest of your travels before you get to the boat. And then, of course, once you're on the boat and we'll see you on the water. And to everyone who's watched or listened today, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. All right. That was wonderful.